Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we are going to talk about the death of Anthem, live service games, and Dragon Age 4, the latest Pokemon Direct, and BlizzCon. Let's start with Anthem Next. So on the 24th of February this year, there was a blog update on the development of Anthem. And in the blog post, we learned that Anthem Next is no longer in development. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm glad I didn't buy Anthem. If I'd listened to you, chumps, I'd have <laughs> maybe I'd have been sad. Instead, I'm just like smug on the sidelines, going like, "Well, at least I didn't waste my time on another pointless looter shooter." There was just so little news up to this point. It was obvious, I think, which was a shame. I think if there was more sort of more progress, more updates, and then they sort of said no, that would be sad. But I think we've we're not actually missing out on anything because they never promised us anything in the first place. And then just a couple of days ago, from the moment we're recording this podcast, Valve have also decided to cancel their Artifact reboot. Because Artifact was, what, a collectible card game? Like a full price collectible card game. Its player base kind of just collapsed soon after launch. And then Valve were going to revamp it and make a 2.0 version and relaunch it. But... They just decided not to. Although this one's actually kind of a happier story in a way, because they just released it for free. Both the old and new versions are just free now. So at least... At least the community gets to play it. Even though it doesn't have all the polish and everything. I I guess they just decided in the end it was never going to work. It's interesting. What is the next... What happens next, right? You have Artifact, which is a well-known brand. And it's now free. Does that mean everyone jumps on it and then it gets revived? I don't know. I like to, I believe, I, I dream. I, I like to the dream. the player count's been... Because <laughs> despite it being free, I think the player count is still really low. Like 1,000 concurrent players or less. I take that back. So the game is free to play, but the cards you had to pay for. Now the cards are all free. No, 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 no. It's all free. You now just start with every possible card. But what I mean is, unlocked. what I mean is, previously it was already free to play. No, no, previously it was thirty dollars, oh. and you had to buy booster packs, as far as I know, and that's one of the things that turned people off. I wonder what the concurrent looks like now. Yeah, so I think it's still really low. Oh, 
Sometimes. I mean, by all accounts, it's actually quite fun. It's actually quite a well-designed and, and fun game to play. But it's just never managed to, you know, capture enough people's imagination. Too many people were put off by that first failed launch. Man, we are so time poor. Uh, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't care for Artifact. Even if it was free. Exactly. I've got I've got so many other things to play. I've got so many things that I've paid for that I haven't played, you know. Should we move on? Yep. So there's been a recent Bloomberg article stating that EA are happy to pivot Dragon Age away from being a live service game into a single player game. Yeah, I think like the rumors are that they saw the success of Jedi Fallen Order. And then they were like, oh, I guess people do like single-player games after all. Fine, you can make a single-player RPG. Plus the failure, obviously, of Anthem weighing on them. I want to make an addition here. It's, I know a lot of the narrative has been that Dragon Age 4 was set up as a live-service game and there was a lot of momentum to push it towards a single-player game. And that's what Bioware wanted, but EA wanted it to stay a live-service game. But here we've got Jason Schreier saying actually there are some members of the Bioware team who actually wanted the live service game also. Yeah, so I guess some people at Bioware just want to see the world burn, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, ha, 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 ha. let's make the Dragon Age fans suffer too. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not really like that, but... <laughs> it would be amazing if it was that's like... That's my headcanon. There needs to be a comic... <laughs> Uh, saying that I feel like you'd want a live service game then. Because <laughs> I'm done with Dragon Age. Yeah. Let's make everyone suffer. Let's make everything a live service game. I was about to joke, like, let's make Bejeweled a live service game, but it kind of already is. Isn't that what Candy Crush is? Truly, we live in the darkest timeline. So I wanted us to discuss single player games versus live service games and see what you think Maybe you wanted a Dragon Age 4 live service game. I mean, it would make it easier for me not to play it if it was a live service game. Because I'd be like, not for me. Live service games are a massive time sink. Like, even as even as someone who doesn't have a job now and is playing games just randomly all the time. I don't have time in my life for more than one live service game. Really. I guess my live service game at the moment is Warzone, right? That's my time sink with a bit of Fortnite. So it, it's like, uh, I guess, M well, I guess MMOs were the first live service games in a sense. I don't, I, I don't know exactly how the definition breaks down, but, you know, in the same way, people saw the success of popular MMOs like World of Warcraft. And then for a while, every company was trying to make an MMO. They were like, wow, it prints money. Let's make one as well. Like not realizing that people only have time in their life for one of them. And it's like a network effect, right? If you were to set up another Facebook now, it would be hard to get traction. Well, probably. Well, I was about to say, well, maybe, but maybe not because everyone wants to leave Facebook. But then just look at Google Plus, right? Even Google couldn't do it. So it's network effects. If you set up a new MMO, it's hard to pull people away from their old MMO, and then all the people who aren't playing any MMO at all, well, maybe they're not really interested, so they're not the target market either. And then if you consider Anthem, 
with that looter shooter live service game well you've got destiny you know destiny's the one you've got to compete with and i guess they couldn't so i think for a lot of these big publishers that were pushing live service games i think they've made the same mistake as they did back in the mmo days where they've seen these incredibly popular money printing live service games and just thought yeah we should be doing that but the market can only support so many of them is it possible to make a live service game which isn't about making just money? Have I asked the right question there? But, you know, I think most games exist to make money. I'm trying to think of a game that exists just as a public service. Like, I don't think that is a thing yet. Like, I'm not saying it can never happen. You, you know, like, think of, like, Ready Player One and there's, like, The Oasis right which is like this all-pervasive game that's like a whole other layer of reality although it makes money as well but you know like something like that could be a game where it's not designed to make money perhaps wait wait games are games have to make money but do you think all live service games come into existence or come off the drawing board with the intention of just making a lot of money what versus design uh, you know, and fun or being a passion project do you think do you, do you think anyone's out you know do you think there are any so <laughs> do you any think you can have a passion, passion project? project is there like you know is a live service game is do you think you can have a triple a passion project i'm sorry i'm just thinking like <laughs> you get a hundred people who are all really oh, sorry a thousand people who are all really passionate about looter shooters and they decide to make destiny 2 you are so rude I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, I'm really cynical. I, I don't think that now any of the, well, actually, no, wait, 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 wait. Star Citizen. Star Citizen is clearly a passion project. So Star Citizen, I guess, is a live service game that's kind of not being made for profit because people love it so much that they're just willing to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at it without even playing a game. Yeah, but, but Star Citizen is kind of like what I was talking about with the Oasis. Like, they're making a whole other layer of reality. They're trying to simulate a whole universe. And, like, the more hundreds of millions you pour in, the more realistic the universe will become. Once they cross their first hundred billion, they'll actually start researching quantum computers to get, you know, ultimate fidelity. They'll, they'll start an artificial singularity that is a gateway to, you know, the Star Citizen universe. If you pay enough money, uh, they'll throw you through it. So I wanted to finish on this. So on both sides of the fence, and as a gamer and as a developer, neither party wants live service games. No, I'm I'm being really facetious. I think live service games can be good, right? I mean, you've got to remember, I did play WoW, World of Warcraft, for years. I really enjoy playing Warzone. We both played a terrible amount of Destiny 1. Destiny 1 wasn't even that good. So there's nothing inherently wrong about live service games. Yeah, I think all the, all the games you've mentioned are, are games which have, you know, they, they've not gone in as live service games with the intention of just making a ton of money. I feel like they really had a game in the first place. 
Yeah, like Destiny 1, I guess, was the first of this latest crop of looter-shooter live service games. And Destiny 1 was kind of trying to find its way. It was really odd, because it's true, they didn't actually have a way to make money at first. They didn't have all this, like, bright dust, silver purchasing, whatever. Like, that all came later. But equally, they didn't have much of a game either when it first came out. It was just like this constant grind fest. So, you know, that's fun too sometimes, just to switch off your brain and hold down the trigger. I mean, it's it's too simple to go and say, life service game's bad, single player RPG's great. Good. You know, could there be an amazing version of Dragon Age 4 that was a life service game? Yes. Could there be an incredibly disappointing version of Dragon Age 4 that's a single player RPG? Definitely yes. I would say live service games are a bigger risk though. Uh, yeah. Or the infrastructure, economy. And I still feel bad for Anthem. It, it was brave of them to try and reboot it internally as Anthem Next. They should have done a Destiny and just done an Anthem 2 and be like, sorry early adopters, buy the sequel. We'll give you a skin. <laughs> we'll give you a skin. That says chump on it. <laughs> Let's move on. Red, green, cable, trade, trading card, anime, movie, blue, yellow, N64 transfer pack. Let's talk about the latest Pokemon Direct. So really, I want to talk about the two games that they've announced. The Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake, which is... So the, the, they just count as one game, do they? <laughs> I mean, mean like they kind of do. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So those are remakes of the fourth gen Pokemon games that were originally on the DS. The other game is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus? Uh, I've only ever seen the name written down. I've never heard it said aloud. And this is meant to be set in... It's a prequel to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. But it's Breath of the Wild cross Pokemon. It's more open world in the same vein of Pokemon Sword and Shield, but more open world. Can I say that? Yes. I mean, this is some... Yeah, this looks like something else. It's not a standard Pokemon game. It's set in the same region, the Sinnoh region, as Diamond and Pearl, but in the distant past. I mean, it kind of looks like feudal Japan. And the gameplay we've seen of it has the character walking around an open world and just lobbing Pokeballs at Pokemon they can see, wandering around. So what should we talk about first? Diamond and Pearl? What do you think? 
I didn't play the original Pokemon games. So I always think, oh, it's going to be a remake. It's time for me to jump in. But the reality is, it's still going to be grindy. Really grindy. Especially when you remind me that Pokemon Sword and Shield already has these quality of life improvements that I need. Yeah, I I, I think that's the thing. Pokemon Sword and Shield were already streamlined to make them less grindy and more accessible for people who, you know, hadn't played the previous Pokemon games. Like, I was surprised about some of the stuff in Pokemon Sword and Shield. I was like, wait, I can just do that? I thought I have to go and find this particular thing and talk to this particular person and walk there. You know, like, I can just teleport anywhere I want. This is so easy. So I don't know if that will carry over to this remake or if it will be like it was in the original, original game. There's been some concern about the art style, but I quite like it. I really dislike it. <laughs> Why? So the art style for the battles looks kind of like Sword and Shield, and I think that looks fine. But when you're wandering around in the overworld, they, they just look stupid. I just don't... <laughs> the characters just look dumb. It's, it's hard for me to quantify exactly what's wrong with it, but they just look bad. It's kind of like an uncanny valley problem, because obviously... You know, it's not like Uncanny Valley, like they look too human, but it's like it's awkwardly caught between like two art styles. You know, it's like I don't even know. It's like it's it's horrible. It's like they've just taken the pixel art and tried to make it into the simplest polygons that kind of fit. I don't know. It's like got no charm. Like people mention that it's kind of like Link's Awakening, but Link's Awakening was kind of like like it was all made out of clay you know it it was there was some charm to it like this just looks horrible sorry it's interesting that you say you thought Link's Awakening looked charming but the remake doesn't because I would say yes Link's Awakening looks charming and so does the remake I guess it's a matter of taste anything else you wanted to add I mean are you going to get this? Sounds like no. It's a, it's one of those yes I would love to but I really won't. Yeah, I don't I don't think I will either. I'm probably not the target market. I guess it's for people who have nostalgia. I think I actually did play a little bit of Diamond or Pearl. But I don't have sufficient nostalgia to want to actually play it. Especially now I know how Pokémon how grindy Pokémon games are. I didn't know this before. Have you ever played a JRPG? Mm, Final Fantasy. Which one? Oh, remake. 7 Remake? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I have played Final Fantasy 4 or 3. And I remember having to force the random encounters to level up. Okay. And so I just wander around the map trying to get random encounters. That was a waste of time. Yeah, so the grind. It's fine. I was just curious. Let's move on. So I have some questions about Pokemon Legends. Is this a mainline game with core mechanics? I don't think this is a mainline game. I think this is something else. They do... Okay, okay, so like Pokemon, there are the mainline games, yes. There are other sub-franchises that just go off that are their own thing as well. Like... Pokemon Puzzle League, which is actually Panel Dupont or something, and 
Pokemon Snap, for example. And then they do also occasionally just do random things. Like there was Pokemon XD. So I think this is something like that. It's just like some other random game they're trying out. And if it works, maybe there will be more of them. But if it doesn't, it will just be consigned to the dustbin of history. But it will still be a JRPG. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't... The mechanics are kind of unclear, right? From the gameplay trailer we've seen, you've just got these very large open landscapes and you see the character just going and throwing Pokeballs at things and then being captured. And that's it. Oh, sorry. And there's also shocking frame rate. Like, it's like two frames per second at some points or something, right? It looks... It looks kind of bad. Could it be an action RPG? That could work as a Pokemon game. Yeah, I, I wonder. Because, you know, there's, there have been no menus that we've seen. So when I say this is Breath of the Wild cross Pokemon, we're, we're, refer, we're referring to frame rate then. <laughs> Breath of the Wild's frame rate is actually perfectly acceptable, I think. I think it's just one forest section that people complained about. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the wild area in Sword and Shield, also had kind of wonky frame rate. Now, Breath of the Wild's frame rate was much better than that. So, I don't know. Th- this, at the moment, looks kind of like an early tech demo. You know, there isn't enough there to actually see what the game is really meant to be. Or at least I hope that's the case, because if this is the whole game, then it's kind of not looking very good. So this is set to launch in 2022. So there's, there's still time. Yeah. There's quite a lot that can change between now and whenever it comes out. It's interesting that they are trying something different. Right. Because I think people have always thought that they wanted a Pokemon game that was kind of like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But the reality of it may not pan out. It would work if it works because if you know that you have to trek to the top of a mountain to find a specific pokemon that could be amazing yeah if you've got to go through this long and arduous trek and like climbing up this cliff face and dressing up warm to get your vanillish or whatever or diving deep into a cavern and keep going down to find it this could work but that's the thing, like, the dream is good, but from what we've seen, it doesn't look like a dream. Welcome to BlizzCon Line, a celebration of 30 years of Blizzard communities and 30 years of Blizzard games. 30 years is so many years. And last year, maybe. BlizzCon. BlizzCon Line. Is that what they tried to say? Tried to do? Is that what they called it? I think so. Because it was an online event. I guess. Did you watch it? No. Me neither. 
I don't think I care. If I'm honest, I don't really care for any of the. I don't really care for any of the Blizzard franchises anymore. I was about to say ouch, but neither do I. <laughs> there was a time, but I, now is not the time anymore. Yeah, I think Blizzard's name has been tarnished. Blizzard was a company that could do no wrong for a while, and Blizzard has released quite a lot of disappointing games, I feel. I mean, maybe they're only disappointing because expectations were so high, but I wouldn't, you know, a Blizzard game isn't an instant purchase now. Anyway, so let's go through some of the major announcements. Let's start with WoW. Yeah, I mean, it's getting a major patch, which will add all sorts of content. I mean, I I haven't been keeping up with WoW. The thing that I thought was interesting was that WoW Classic is getting an expansion. So the first expansion of World of Warcraft was the Burning Crusade, and WoW Classic is getting a Burning Crusade add-on. Though it sounds like it's optional, you can stay in Classic Classic, or you can choose to add the Burning Crusade add-on to your Classic experience. I have quite a lot of nostalgia for this, because Burning Crusade is when I played the most WoW. But you're not going back. No, honestly not. <laughs> like, but it's cool. Burning Crusade was really cool. But yeah, I, I shouldn't... There's no, there's no point trying to relive the past. Though, a lot of people clearly don't feel the same way, since I think WoW Classic gave a big bump to their subscriber numbers, didn't it? And Burning Crusade, again, is like old WoW. It's, it's from the period of game design before they tried to make WoW accessible. Burning Crusade was difficult and unapologetically so. From the next expansion onwards, like Wrath of the Lich King, they, you know, they changed their philosophy to be anyone with some effort can see all the content. But there are optional challenges for people who want it to be hard. Whereas Burning Crusade was, it's hard, and if you're not good enough, too bad, go home. Anyway, let's move on. An interesting announcement. The Blizzard Arcade Collection, which is a collection comprising of Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackthorn. Yeah. Are these just their SNES games? Did you ask for this? Was it you who asked for this? Yeah, you're right. I was like, please, sir, I'd like to play your SNES games. I, I just meant I wanted to play them on Switch Online. I didn't want to pay for them. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, it seems kind of random. They, they've done some stuff to make them the definitive editions, haven't they? And I've heard they've added like split screen multiplayer and other nice stuff. So if you really nostalgically love these games from back in the day, then this is probably for you. Hearthstone? Hearthstone is adding a roguelike mode? I don't understand this. This must appeal to you though, right? Well, I do like deck building roguelikes. But I read the description of how this mercenary mode works and I didn't understand it. There's no gameplay footage that I could see. So... Yeah, I don't really understand it. I assume it's going to be free anyway, because Hearthstone is free and pay for card packs. So I guess I could try it out if I fancied it whenever it releases. Hearthstone does seem to be like the gold standard in 
online collectible card games, to my knowledge. So it's interesting that they're innovating. I mean, maybe they're seeing roguelikes starting to cannibalize some of their market share and they feel they need to get in on that. It makes sense. I mean, I, I hear about how many hours you've spent playing Monster Train, Slay the Spire. You know, and if you, I guess their belief is that if you're playing in one game mode, that, you know, there's a chance you might flip over to the other game mode and start collecting cards. You know, you know the thing that stopped me playing Hearthstone? Because I did play Hearthstone for a while. Hearthstone is regionalized. That's just ridiculous. Like, games should not be regionalized these days. Because I had a whole bunch of Hearthstone unlocks in, like, Europe. And then I wanted to play with people in Asia after I moved to Hong Kong. And then I had to make a whole new account. Like, basically, I could still use my Blizzard account, but my deck was completely different. And I had to, like, buy cards again. And it just really put me off. You know, I don't want to pay twice. I mean, I guess this is quite a niche problem because not many people move country. I do but... like paying for things twice. <laughs> what? I like playing for things no times at all. <laughs> Give it to me for free. Although then I'm the product. Let's talk about Overwatch 2 because we both have Overwatch, right? <laughs> Do I have Overwatch because you convinced me to buy it? Is this another one of those? I don't know. Do you have Overwatch on PS4? Yes. Oh, I may have convinced you to buy it. Yes, you did. Because I had it on PC. And then I was like, yeah, it's crossplay, right? And you were like, no, we're all playing on PS4. Why don't you join us? I was like, fine, I'll buy it again. And then we played it once. We really played it once. Even I only played it once. That's an exaggeration, but I didn't play it much. Yeah. So, Overwatch 2. There's going to be a campaign. Hero missions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this seems like quite a significant upgrade. I mean, this one's odd as well because is this true? Overwatch 1 and 2, the multiplayer is actually like cross-play. I'm, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. But the BlizzCon announcements are all focusing on, yeah, just the Overwatch 2 specific things. Like they showed the new designs for a lot of the characters, they showed a new character, these hero missions, co-op PvE, kind of permanent hero progression with skill trees. This is interesting, because I quite liked the world building in Overwatch. And I think the real problem was no one was really playing it amongst my friends. I like the idea of a campaign. I like the idea of PvE. Overwatch, I just never quite got into. I, I think, yeah, it's a matter of like what your friends are playing. Because I think we were just playing it casually. And it's kind of fun, but it's not that fun. You know, I, it, didn't have, it didn't hook me the same way BR games do. Because I feel like in a BR game, you're always playing to win. You know, I always take BR games quite seriously. But Overwatch, oh. I was like, YOLO, I'm going to run in and die and respawn and die. Actually, it's the opposite of YOLO. <laughs> you only live infinite times. <laughs> Yoli? Um, okay. <laughs> Yo- You're speechless. You've just been stunned speechless by my... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that this was coming out in May this year. But actually, it's not. Activision said on some investor call to not expect 
Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 until 2022. I wouldn't want to commit to 2022. It felt like it was more, it's not coming 2021. Is that, is that right? Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe they were like, it's not 2021. You're right. Maybe it's not 2022. It's definitely not this year, though. Uh, yeah. Is there anything we want to say about Diablo 4? D- do you not have stuff to say about Diablo 4? There's some gameplay footage. What can we talk about? I don't... Gameplay footage does nothing for me. There was gameplay footage with Elden Ring. I didn't know what I, re- I didn't really know what the fuss was about. Yeah, but that's because you don't play the Souls games. Other than me forcing you to play Dark Souls Three. Okay, so things we can say about Diablo Four. It looks darker and grittier again. Oh, so it's not purple and lime green. Yeah, it's it doesn't look like World of Warcraft anymore. It it looks a bit more like Diablo 2. Which is a good thing. Yeah, in my mind, that's a plus. But I'm also not particularly hyped for it because I was very disappointed with Diablo 3, honestly. Like, I didn't really enjoy Diablo 3. And I care about the story of these things, you know, and I thought the story of Diablo 3 was just ludicrous. Really? You play these things for the story and not for the... The showers, no, the blood showers. I, I, I play it for the golden showers of gold. <laughs> That's a poor turn of phrase there. I play, I play it for the loot. Yeah, I play it just because I want that, that hot loot splashing over my face. But <laughs> Just wash your face in the loot. <laughs> but I, I like the story too, right? Diablo 2's story was so good. Diablo 2's story, like the reveal, brilliant. And Diablo 3 was just dumb. Like, I didn't like the whole Nephilim, Angels and Demons thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was planned from the start. I don't know. But it seemed really forced to me. And then, sorry, spoilers for Diablo 3 coming. I didn't really get the whole thing with Leia and Diablo. And then I don't understand why they gave Diablo big boobs, honestly. I mean, Diablo's Diablo. <laughs> The weirdest things bother you, Mike. No stealing, big boobs. Yeah, it just seemed like... Diablo's like a demon. It's like some sort of lizard creature. Why does Diablo have big boobs? Like, yes, Diablo was using, what, Leia, who was a woman, as a vessel, but Diablo is still like some hellspawn thing. It, It wasn't like a fusion of the two beings. It was just Diablo, right? Sorry, I feel like comic book guy now. Worst Diablo ever. I can't do the voice. It, <laughs> you know what? I mean, that wasn't even my main problem with it. My main problem was actually the gameplay systems and like losing the skill trees and everything. That was just, an, that was just a ridiculous nitpick I thought I'd bring up. It's crazy how important skill trees is, are, for the Diablo franchise. Yeah, I just I just didn't find Diablo 3 compelling and fun to play. Like it was okay playing through it once, but I felt no compulsion to play it again. I had no drive to get better loot. You know, it just wasn't fun in that way. I didn't I didn't feel that progression of leveling up and trying different builds and trying to make good synergies and stuff. You know, it it just wasn't as interesting to play as Diablo 2. 
Talking of Diablo 2? Yeah, they're remastering Diablo 2. So, <laughs> despite saying you shouldn't try and relive the past, yeah, maybe I should relive the past and just try this Diablo 2 remaster. This looks good. But that's because Diablo 2 looked really bad. Yeah. Like, in my mind, Diablo 2 looked pretty good until I looked at it recently and I realised it was terrible. Like, it was really low res. Was it running at 8x6 or was it just yeah, 640 Yeah, I think it's 800x600. By... Or maybe it's 640x480, you're right. It's, it's some really low resolution. And I guess, I can't tell whether it's the art design that didn't make use of all the colours or all the colours weren't available. <laughs> you're right it was kind of a very washed out palette wasn't it but but somehow it was good it was really good I, I think the actual game design of Diablo 2 was really good there were like so many mechanics that all fit together really well I mean it's interesting because it evolved quite a lot like the the 1.0 version of Diablo 2 was okay but not great but the final version of Diablo 2 that we've got now with all the rune words and charms, you know, synergies in the skill tree. It's really interesting. It's a fun, you know, possibility space to explore. I mean, I say that I'm sure there are loads of really just cookie cutter builds now because everyone's had like decades to figure out the best way to play, but it was fun to play. Like I still remember making builds that were kind of suboptimal but just really fun like i i made a strafe amazon i remember like everyone said you should use multi-shot but strafe was just so fun was it was there multiplayer was there, there was multiplayer yeah there was multiplayer yeah the multiplayer was great there were realm characters where your character was stored on the server and there was just like an open mode where the character was stored on your pc so if you played an open obviously everything was hacked to hell and everyone had less like <laughs> crazy items because everyone could just change their save game. But the realm mode characters, they might still actually have loads of dodgy items because people found out how to dupe stuff and things. But it was, yeah, it was really fun. I wasted way too many hours of my teenage years playing with school friends. So yeah, this remaster... It is basically, I think they've said it's literally using the same like engine mechanics under the hood and it's just got a new graphics layer on top. So it, it looks good, but it should feel the same to play. But they'll fudge the numbers around to make, to rebalance things. Uh, well, they're adding some quality of life stuff. Like there's going to be a shared stash now and I think you'll auto pick up gold and stuff. So that should just make it, you know, clicking all the gold actually wasn't fun. And having to, I mean, you know, trying to change items from one character to another. Did, did you play this as a kid? Across characters? Yeah, you, you know, you used to have to find someone to sit in the game. And you would log in with one character, drop the item, then log in with your other character and pick up the item. And you'd have to hope that they didn't grab the item and log out the game and steal it. Like there was no way to exchange items from one character to another. Of your own characters. Okay, I didn't have multiple characters. I didn't have multiple characters. Or I didn't care enough about items to transfer them across characters. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I had like a sorceress and I had a barbarian and I had a, an Amazon and stuff. And then, you know, sometimes you would go and find like an amazing bow on your sorceress. And then I'd want to transfer it to my Amazon. For example. 
So committed. I feel like you would have had two PCs, so you would have just done it that way. <laughs> I did not have two PCs. This is before, you know, ludicrous too many Mike. computers, Mike. <laughs> ludicrous Mike, yeah. This is, this is teenage Mike eating his bowl of gruel. Please, sir, can I have some more? Please, sir, can I have some more Stones of Jordan? Do we have anything else to add? This remake has not been done in-house, right? I can't remember the name of the company, but the, the reason I mention it is because the Warcraft 3 remake is a travesty. <laughs> have you heard about that? I've heard about it, but I don't know what's wrong with it. I mean, not only is the remake bad, but they ruined the original game as well. You can't play the original Warcraft 3 anymore. You can only play the remake version, which is missing loads of features. So, hopefully, it's not going to be like that. Wait, so they removed, so they removed it from the store. Is what you're saying? They've removed the original version from the store, and if you have the original version, it auto updates to the reforged version. There's no way to play the original version anymore. Good decision, guys. Good decision. So the last thing from me, I'm a bit sad there was no StarCraft update. Yeah, that is sad. I guess RTSs have gone out of fashion and they never managed to branch StarCraft off into a non-RTS spin-off. Well, that would also make me sad, though. If you started saying, oh, here's StarCraft, it's a MOBA, <laughs> I would be sad. It's a looter shooter. I'd be even sadder. <laughs> it's a live-service looter shooter. So, in this case, no news is good news. I, you know what? In the same way that I didn't like the story of Diablo 3, I didn't like the story of StarCraft 2 either. Honestly. Don't worry, guys. He doesn't like much. <laughs> I liked Undertale. <laughs> we were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club on Twitter at lostlevelsclub anywhere else on reddit slash r slash lostlevelsclub So Michael what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that my airpods still work after I put them through the washing machine like, I never do this. I, I like what's wrong with me? Lead poisoning. I I just left my AirPods in like the pocket of my jeans and then washed the jeans, and then they were out on the drying rack and they were there for like a day. I was like, I wonder where my AirPods are. And then after a day of not being able to find them, I finally was like, uh oh, did I wash them? And I checked the pocket of the pair of jeans that were still on the drying rack and found them. I took them out of the case and put it in my ear and it went Ugh. I made this sad noise. <laughs> Wait, I also want to add that's the same sound you made at the same time. <laughs> so I was like, oh no, <laughs> I washed my AirPods. I just left them to dry out and 
they work again. They actually work perfectly fine. It's amazing. In reference to your I never do this, is that you never do the washing right? <laughs> it's so rude. So rude. I never wash my AirPods. I never, I never leave things in the pocket when I wash things. That, that's, what, that's what's the most galling thing. I check the pockets of, like, the clothes before I washed them. Like, I actually went and, like, pulled a packet of tissues out, like, the back pocket, you know, or some other trousers. So that's why it's like, I checked the pockets, but I just didn't check the pocket of these jeans before I shoved them in the machine and turned it on. I mean, that's the problem. You want something that's slight. And the problem that with having something that, that's so slight is you don't, you know, don't realise they're in the pocket. Yeah, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. But they work again. So that's kind of amazing. Yeah, especially because you're quite sensitive to change. You know, there is no change in audio quality. Yeah, they sound fine. Surprisingly, they sound fine. I mean, it's most surprising given the sad electronic noise they made when I put them in the first time. <laughs> so Michael says bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>